Good morning. It is Kale and Company live for a Tuesday here on WKXL. 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming worldwide around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. So if you had to go to bed early last night and uh, not able to uh, hear the final result of what took place in Toronto between the Yankees and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, Aaron Judge one for three last night. He walked twice, struck out twice, had a single in the first inning, but no home runs. He is stuck on 60. He needs one more to tie the all-time American League record held by Roger Maris. Yankees, by the way, lost in Toronto last night by a score of 3-2 to two in 10 innings. And the same two teams will meet tonight north of the border. It is Kale and Company Live, and uh, great to have you with us. We're expecting to chat in just a short time with State Representative Howard Pearl, who's running for Senate in uh, New Hampshire's District 17. We'll talk with Howard about uh, his campaign. He's probably uh, out there making his morning deliveries right now. Could be listening to us even as we speak. So, uh, Howard, give us a call when you, uh, when you get a chance. And a little bit later in the show, we'll be checking in with a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Nikovic, who is currently in uh, downtown Sarasota, Florida, as Hurricane Ian is scheduled to uh, make landfall in Florida uh, by uh, late Wednesday into Thursday, from what we understand right now. But uh, Mike will give us uh, more of an update on that when he checks in at about 8.35 this morning. Uh, as many of you probably know by now, Patriots quarterback uh, Mac Jones has a high ankle sprain. Some are calling it uh, a severe high ankle sprain. He will uh, reportedly miss a number of games, uh, starting with uh, this coming Sunday afternoon's game at Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, Brian Hoyer, longtime Patriots backup, is uh, likely to start a quarterback and most assuredly will uh, start a quarterback for the Patriots, backed up by, I think, a, an interesting rookie, uh, quarterback uh, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. He was selected by the Patriots in the fourth round of the 2022 uh, NFL draft, played in all three of the Patriots' preseason games this year and had some flashes of brilliance. So uh, we'll see uh, what Brian Hoyer can do. He will be the first option, I'm sure, although no official announcement is made. In fact, no official announcement has ma been made as yet as to the fact that Mac Jones will be out of the lineup. I mean, they are saying a severe... In some quarters, they're saying a severe high ankle sprain. Uh, but we will uh, keep you posted on that. Big game, Pats, Green Bay Packers, and that is a Sunday afternoon. I understand at this moment, even as we speak, we have Representative Howard Pearl on the line. Howard, how are you this morning? I am. Hello? 
Howard, come in if you can hear me. I cannot hear Howard. We'll, we'll, uh, maybe he's in a, a bad cell area, but uh, we'll try to check back with uh, Howard, who is uh, running, as we said, for state senate in District 17, has been a state rep for a while, and uh, is uh, running for the first time for senate. And we'll uh, see how the uh, campaign is going for uh, Howard Pearl. Uh, Unitil customers. This is from the front page of the uh, Concord Monitor today from uh, Amanda Goki of the New Hampshire Bulletin. Unitil customers can expect a significant rate increase in December. If the utility's Friday request is granted, Unitil requested to increase electric rates to 26 cents. All right, uh, per kilowatt hour, which would uh, take effect on December 1st and last for eight months. Uh, let's see if we can uh, make contact with Howard. Howard, are you there? I am, Ken. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. N- nice to hear your voice again. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened the first time. We got uh, had a little technical difficulty. Oh, you know, modern electronics, uh, you know, <laughs> they can be very unpredictable, Howard. Very they unpredictable. Can. But you're not unpredictable. Uh, you, you, you've been a, a, a solid member of the House of Representatives now for quite some time, uh, running for state senate in District 17. And uh, how is the campaign going? Well, Ken, the campaign is going great. I appreciate the compliment. I, you know, I ran when I when I ran. I told people I would be who I am, and that's what I've done. You know, I try to be that person all the time, and that I said I would be. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't want to ever change that. As I'm running for state uh, senate here, you know, a lot of people have said to me, you know, don't don't let it change you, and and I, you know, I won't. You know, I'm who I am. I think coming home and working on the farm every day really grounds me uh, to a who I am personally, who I've been, and why I am who I am. And I think it really keeps me in good connection with my community as well. And you're talking about Pearl and Sons Farm on uh, Loudon Ridge Road in Loudon, and. Uh, you have a big event uh, coming up in the not-too-distant future. I do. We're uh, having the second annual Oktoberfest on October 12th and, uh, here at the farm. Certainly, uh, everyone is welcome to come and enjoy the good time. It, uh, we had a great time last year. We had oh, at least 70 or 80 people attend, and I hope and anticipate we'll have a bigger crowd this year. We've got a, a live band coming and got a new barn that I built uh, for well, for a couple of reasons, but that's going to be the second function we're holding in. The first one will be uh, my wife and I are getting married again. We had a small again. private ceremony. Yeah. 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 We had a small private ceremony back in July 3rd, and uh, we're going to have a, one for family and friends with a reception here. And we're going to use the new barn for that, and that'll be the first part. Well, terrific. <laughs> Congratulations. And uh, that, that is, so that is a, a good use of, of the barn. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Two good uses of the barn. The Oktoberfest coming up on Wednesday, October twelfth. Is everybody invited to that, Howard? Absolutely. It yeah. uh, should be a good time. And if, you know, if people want to give me an RSVP with a heads up, just so I can prepare, uh, you know, plan appropriately, that'd be great. But if not, just come on up. We'll uh, we'll be here and having a great time. So, how do people RSVP? Uh, they can certainly send me an email. Uh, at uh, hpearlpsf at aol.com. I have a, sen- a new Senate one, but I haven't got that one memorized yet. <laughs> uh, so I, that's my personal one. Or they can call on myself, 603-231-1482, or go to my 
my website, and uh, there's a contact us button on that as well, a tab there. That's uh, pearlforsenate.com. So, Howard, uh, that is outstanding. Again, that's Wednesday, October 12th, 4.30 to 6.30 at the Pearl and Sons Farm, 409 Loudon Ridge Road in Loudon, And uh, check out the new barn. Uh, yeah. at at uh, at the location, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wherever Howard Pearl is, there is a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> no doubt about that. And and some adult uh, beverages too. Once in a while, so, there will be. Are you out making your rounds today, Howard? Yeah, I'm actually doing produce deliveries. I'm in the yeah. middle of the route right now, but uh, I've got a few done, and I have a few more to go. Uh, all right. So, what do you, what are you hearing out on the campaign trail? What are, what are people asking you about? What uh, what are they most concerned with right now? Uh, well, Ken, that you know, we're hearing an awful lot, obviously, about inflation, the high energy prices, uh, high property taxes, the uh, school choice. All of these are are major issues that are concerning the voters. You know, and their personal freedoms that coming out of COVID is certainly uh, another issue that's on everybody's mind. Those are really the big ones that I'm hearing a lot. But I would say the most are, you know, certainly wallet issues that where, you know, things that are hitting their everyday budget. We all have to live and they have to pay their bills and high electric rates, the high gas prices. You know, they, they've eased a little bit, but they're still significantly higher than they were a year or two ago. And and I just read before you uh, came on the air, Howard, that uh, Unitil has requested to increase electric rates to uh, 26 cents per kilowatt hour, which would take effect on December 1st. So obviously energy prices are are going up for sure. They are, you know, and a lot of that is based on federal policy, not really anything we've done here in New Hampshire. Right. But the good news is, is what we have done here in New Hampshire is we've been, you know, fiscally responsible and managing our, our funds. And we've got a 400 plus million dollar surplus, which has uh, helped us to do some programs that will you know, ease that burden a little bit. Well, Howard, I'm going to go let you uh, finish your rounds, and, uh, you know, I, I will remind the folks again about Oktoberfest, October 12th, and uh, you, you can check it out. Uh, you can uh, also uh, uh, look up uh, what Howard has to say about various issues at pearlforsenate.com. Uh, and, uh, and, Howard, I have one last question for you before I have to run here and before you have to run and make, make your deliveries. Uh, sure. I, I was driving in uh, southern Quebec, in, in farm area in southern Quebec this past weekend, and went by a lot of cows, and I, and I, I said, you know, I wonder what uh, the lifespan of the average cow is. And I said, I know Howard Pearl's coming on the show Tuesday, so I'll ask him, what is the average <laughs> lifespan of a cow? Well, a cow could live to be 25 or 30 years old, yeah. uh, you know, in the right conditions. But I would say from, you know, for like a commercial dairy or, or a beef operation, there would, you wouldn't keep them that long. A dairy farm, they're probably five to six years old would be an average age of the herd. Yeah. But uh, certainly I had some when I dairy farmed that made it to 10 or 11. Oh. But they often, you know, just like us, they start to develop health issues yeah. and it becomes hard on them. Now, beef, they typically um, are, are sold off for slaughter oh, sometime between 24 months is a pretty good age. And, you know, something in that range, 24 to 36 months. Uh, it depends on depends on what they're looking for for the product from right. it. But I'd say 24 months is a pretty good age. Howard Pearl, as always, great to chat with you, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you, uh, if not sooner, on uh, October the 12th. 
Great, Ken. I hope I see you and everyone is welcome. And uh, thanks for the time, as always. I enjoy uh, talking with you. All right. Howard Pearl. And uh, we will see you soon. Thanks for calling. And uh, 819 is our time. We'll take a break. Kale & Company Live continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Kale & Company Live. It's a Tuesday. Great to have you along with us. And uh, as we mentioned, just before chatting with Howard Pearl Unitil, uh, customers can expect a, a rate increase uh, in December. I guess it's not very surprising. Uh, it would take effect December 1st and last for eight months. Uh, and it would be a 160.160% increase from the current rate of $0.10 cents per uh, kilowatt hour, which would uh, uh, you know, last uh, for about uh, eight months after taking effect on December the 1st. A typical household can expect its bill to increase 75 to 78 percent or 85 to 100 dollars depending on your energy use of the state's four utilities unitil is the last one to announce a dramatic rate increase and its december rate would be higher than all of the other state utilities if approved by the public utilities commission eversource's rate is 22.6 cents uh, Liberty's is 22.2, and the New Hampshire Electric Co-op's is 17 cents per kilowatt hour. So that's the latest on uh, the hike in energy costs here in the Granite State. A 160% hike in your electric rate from Unitil, if approved by the PUC. Also, I mentioned uh, I was in uh, southern Quebec uh, over the weekend, and it's a beautiful spot. I'm not too far from the uh, Vermont border. Very easy to get to, and uh, it, it's nice to take a drive up into uh, southern Quebec and uh, take advantage of all they have to offer, which is beautiful countryside, nice lakes, uh, beautiful vistas, uh, a little hockey, which I saw over the weekend, saw a uh, Quebec Major Junior League hockey game. First one I've ever seen, by the way. I've seen, you know, so many minor league hockey league, so many minor hockey league games uh, over the years in the AHL and ECHL. Uh, seen uh, tons of National Hockey League games in person. Had never seen a Quebec Major Junior League hockey game and did. Uh, for the first time on Saturday night in Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke, Quebec. The Sherbrooke team uh, won that game by a score of 4-1 to one over Chukudami. So, so there you go. And uh, it was a lot of fun, and the quality of hockey is terrific. They had a team in the uh, Quebec Major Junior League for a number of years in Lewiston, Maine. But uh, that team uh, no longer exists. But uh, uh, there, there is one in Sherbrooke, and it's not that, not that far away, folks, if you want to see some uh, great junior hockey. And when I say junior, uh, the age is between uh, 16 and uh, 20 years old. So uh, a good experience. Ticket prices uh, very inexpensive. 
and uh, fun to get into uh, Canada once in a while. And uh, along those same lines, the Canadian government announced on Monday that it will no longer require people to wear masks on planes to guard against COVID-19. Transport Canada said the existing rules for masks will come off October the 1st. The uh, transport minister said we're able to do this because tens of millions of Canadians rolled up their sleeves and got vaccinated. The health minister of Canada said the negative attitudes of some passengers have made it hard for airlines and crews to enforce the mask mandate in recent months and cited that as a factor in the decision. Government officials also confirmed Canada is dropping the vaccine requirement for people entering the country at the end of this month in just a couple of days from now. The Associated Press reported uh, last week that that was likely and that will be the case. In fact, I I spoke with uh, one of the customs officers at the border that indicated the same thing because up until now, uh, you had to be vaccinated uh, before entering Canada. That's why some athletes were not able to play uh, against, uh, for example, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays or the uh, Toronto Raptors or Calgary Flames, uh, Montreal Canadiens, unless, unless they were vaccinated. And uh, that's why, you know, the Red Sox uh, had to leave a couple of players behind uh, on a trip that they made to uh, Toronto a couple of months ago. But those uh, vaccine requirements will end as of September 30th. Now, uh, Canada, like the United States, requires foreign nationals to be vaccinated when entering the country. No change in the mandate is expected in the U.S. in the near term. Unvaccinated foreign travelers who are allowed to enter Canada are currently subject to mandatory arrival tests and a 14-day quarantine unvaccinated uh, foreign travelers who are allowed to uh, enter Canada, that is. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government has agreed to let a cabinet order enforcing mandatory COVID-19 vaccination requirements at the border expire on September the 30th. Uh, The government is also ending random COVID-19 testing at airports, filling out information in what became an unpopular Arrive Can app will also no longer be required. Some blamed it for delays at airports. And, uh, yeah, you did have to fill out a form uh, to get into the country, even as of uh, this past weekend and for the next few days anyway. You had to fill out uh, an application online uh, and get a a barcode after you were approved to have them uh, scan it at the border to allow you uh, into Canada. And the government will also no longer be requiring passengers to have pre-board tests for cruise ships. So there you go. Removal of the vaccine mandate for non-citizens entering Canada means unvaccinated professional athletes like Major League Baseball players uh, would be allowed to play in Toronto in the playoffs should the Blue Jays make the postseason. No, it is when the Blue Jays make the postseason. They are making the postseason, folks. It would also apply to the NBA and the NHL 
And, of course, as you know, I just mentioned that unvaccinated players currently not allowed to cross the border into Canada, but that will all come to an end on Monday. You know, the Toronto Blue Jays right now, as we speak on this Tuesday morning, are in the wild card lead in the American League, uh, leading Tampa Bay and Seattle. Those would be the three wild card teams right now. The Baltimore Orioles, who beat the Red Sox uh, last night in a rain delayed game at Fenway Park, 13 to 8, was the uh, final score. Orioles over the Red Sox. The Orioles right now on the outside looking in three and a half games uh, behind Seattle for the third and final wild card spot in the American League. But uh, Toronto right now in command for that wild card. And uh, the Blue Jays have uh, played uh, much better baseball in uh, recent weeks since uh, John Schneider was named uh, interim manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Schneider uh, won a, a championship in the Eastern League with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats in 2018 with the likes of uh, Vlad Guerrero, uh, Bo Bichette, and Kevin Biggio, who are all currently on the roster of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays will be in the playoffs, and now even unvaccinated athletes will be able to play against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays in Canada when the playoffs roll around. Coming up, we are going to get an update on Hurricane Ian, which is destined for Florida. And we'll find out from a Florida resident and a good friend of mine, Mike Nikovic. When we return, it's Kale and Company live here on WKXL and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We'll be back right after these important messages. KL and Company live for this Tuesday morning here on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world, around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And now... We check in with our reporter on the scene in Sarasota, Florida, Mike Nikovic. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing? I am doing well, but uh, the, the big question is, how are you bracing for Hurricane Ian? It's my first one. I moved down here back in 2019 and had one last year that kind of skirted Sarasota at a Category 1 that hardly created any notice, <laughs> um, but this one will be noticed. I guess it will be now. You are where, in downtown Sarasota? Yeah, I'm in downtown. So anybody familiar with Sarasota knows there's a bridge that goes from downtown Sarasota called the John Ringling Bridge, named after the guy who, of course, part of the circus um, industry. Yeah. That goes across to uh, Bird Key, St. Armand Circle, and then Longboat Key, Anna Maria Island. Um, so I'm about, uh, probably two miles from that bridge in downtown. I, I might add, since you mentioned the name Ringling, that they have a great, great, uh, Ringling Museum, uh, in, yeah. in Sarasota that you introduced me to, uh, a year or so ago. And, right. uh, wow, it, it is fabulous. It, it, if you ever, right on, and that, that, uh, by the way, that museum and his home that he built, is right on the bay. Yeah. So there's a 
separation between, they call them barrier islands, so Longboat Key going out to Anna Maria Island, that'll, that's kind of a buffer between um, me and the Gulf. And then that, on the other side of the barrier island is Sarasota Bay, and then I'm about probably 500 to 600 yards off the bay. And, and how are things at Siesta Key? Um, well, yesterday, uh, the, a lot of the condo associations started informing their uh, residents who are living there. A lot of people, of course, are up north. Uh, we have a lot of snowbirds that come down here, obviously. And um, so a lot of the full-time residents got notices from their condo associations that they needed to evacuate because, oddly enough, their water was going to be shut off um, because if you know, if you do have flooding in that area, there's concern that the water supply would be contaminated, so they don't want to uh, pump out contaminated water into people's homes. So that's if you're, I, I go on to Siesta Key several times a week, and um, if you're not off that part of Sarasota, then you're crazy. So are these uh, evacuations mandatory? Um, no, they're not forcing you. There won't be people knocking on your doors, encouraging you to leave, but they have zones, uh, evacuation zones. Uh, A is the, the one where if you're living in, uh, evacuation zone A, you've been pretty much told that you should be, uh, seriously considering going somewhere. Uh, I'm on a, I'm, the development that I'm living in, just two buildings, but part of it's in A and part of it's in B. I'm tending to be in the B side. I'm a little further back from the, the bay. So uh, in theory, I probably should be trying to find somewhere else to go, but I live on the third floor. These buildings are concrete. I can't even see the bay from my place, and uh, I'm pretty well protected on three of the four sides of um my unit, so I'm, I feel pretty secure, and people here are not uh, are, are really good, and they encourage people to stay if you have nowhere else to go. Now, uh, what are they talking about right now in terms of uh, landfall for your area? Well, I've been watching, uh, as you might expect, the local weather, plus uh, the Weather Channel, and the Weather Channel seems to be giving an indication that um, it could break into uh, cross into Florida a little bit sooner than Tampa. So they're they're in terms of storm surge, which is the pushing of water inland from the from the Gulf. They're they're talking about a storm surge area five to ten feet from Tampa all the way down to almost Naples. So uh-huh. um, every 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 forecast I hear can they makes the suggestion that this thing is not moving west, which would take further out into the Gulf and where it would hit the panhandle, but more toward the east, which would be in the area where I live. I live in downtown Sarasota, just south of Bradenton, which is in a different county. And I'm not that far from uh, St. Pete, which is you know, 35 miles away. Right. So when you talk about a hurricane of this size, it's kind of hard to escape it. Yeah, and uh, Ian did make uh, landfall in Cuba. Uh, overnight, uh, Hurricane Ian right now has sustained winds of 125 miles per hour and is moving north at 12 miles per hour, according to the uh, report I have in front of me here. And and Jim Cantori is on the scene, so you know that so- something is going on. Thankfully, he's not in Florida. He's in 
clear water of all places. It's, it looks like he's ready to take out his suntan lotion and <laughs> blank. <laughs> happening up there, but uh, Tampa is really the, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to go, obviously. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Tampa is the place that people should be concerned about. I don't know if you recall five years ago, or I don't know if you trying to remember which hurricane it was, maybe Ivan in 2017, but it literally sucked the water out of Tampa Bay. And it actually, where uh, Derek Jeter and Tom Brady had that home along oh, yeah. Tampa Bay, yeah. on Strasbourg, a home that's facing Tampa Bay, and literally, people were out there walking on where Tampa Bay was as the the water was pulled out of Tampa Bay. Then, of course, it came back, obviously, and they had to get out of there. But uh, that there's so many more people, as you know, with uh, Florida has been. Um, attracting a lot more people in recent years and you know thousands of people are coming here every day and so some of them they want to be near you know close to the water obviously um, just because of the beauty of it and the, the warm weather and so when you have that many people moving into a uh, a urban area uh, a lot more people to evacuate i think there 300,000 people were hitting the roads wow. last night they're, they're showing film of uh Cars leaving on Route 4, which takes you across the state toward uh, Orlando. And it was back-to-back traffic. And I who's going to want to get stuck in that, especially if you don't have a full tank of gas. Right, right. So what did I hear about that that mansion down there? Was it being demolished? Well, uh, as you know, I've been there a couple of times. Oh, I know. I know Tom Brady (laughs) invited you personally to uh, be his guest. I know. I wish he did, but. Uh, I, one of my former students, I was a teacher up in uh, Connecticut, one of my former students, his grandmother lived on the same street, Bahama Circle, on Davis Island in uh, Tampa, which is very low to the water, so they're likely to get a lot of rain and possibly flooding. But, um, yeah, he literally, I guess Jeter knocked down a couple of lots and built this rather large house, and I think he can still go online and on Zillow and and it was a it's a beautiful house inside. Unfortunately, I was just on the outside taking selfies, so I pretended like I was there. <laughs> but, well, uh, you yeah, fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> the guy has a permit. The the new owner supposedly has gone to the city and asked for a demolition permit. Can you imagine? I, I can't. I I cannot. Oh, look at that house, can you? I mean, you and your closest hundred friends could fit in and still have places to roam around. I, and, I don't uh, have that many close friends, Mike, as you know. <laughs> But are people, uh, you know, like like they would be up here with an impending snowstorm? Are they going to the store and, and getting, you know, water and food and uh, all the supplies they need to hunker down for a while? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, ex- uh, I didn't experience that too much. I I went to um, a, a, like a farmer's market type of store that I go to for fresh fruit and vegetables. It's kind of like a Stu Leonard's up in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's not some people there, but I mean, I was able to get in, get out and walk down the aisles. And I didn't see shelves, you know, a ton of shelves that were empty of things. But uh, I was in Publix last night, which is a major supermarket chain in uh, Florida. And, um, still plenty of stuff around. So I don't know. I think maybe uh, I'm learning that the people down here don't panic, I guess, because they're kind of, they're, they're used to it. 
But, you know, we, what you have to take into consideration are all the new people that have moved in in recent years, and this is probably their their first major hurricane since they've been in Florida. And so those are the people you have to kind of uh, watch out for. We had a lot of sandbag filling yesterday over at Ed Smith Stadium where the Orioles play spring training. Right. So there were the county was over there, uh, and people were filling up sandbags. They were giving 10 out to everybody, and... Uh, uh, I don't need that. I'm on the third floor, so I didn't take advantage of that. <laughs> if it if it comes up to the third floor, yeah, you'll you'll need more than a sandbag if it comes up to the third floor. <laughs> I'll be saying my last few prayers. <laughs> hey, Mike, can you stay with us for a couple of minutes? Sure. We have to yeah. take a, a quick break. Mike Nikovic is joining us from downtown Saratoga, Sarasota, Florida, and uh, Mike. Uh, Moved there a couple of years ago and uh, is enjoying life as a Floridian now, but uh, waiting for the impact that uh, Hurricane Ian may have on that area in the next uh, couple of days. Expected to make landfall uh, late Wednesday into Thursday. We'll take a break. Kale and Company Live will continue. 1450 AM, WKXL 1039 in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester, and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Back with more Don't You Dare Touch That Dial. It is Kale and Company Live for a Tuesday. If you missed any part of this program or simply would like to hear it again, uh, you can tune in tonight just after 7 o'clock for a rebroadcast of this show. And uh, you can find all our past shows on nhtalkradio.com. We're chatting with a very good friend of mine, Mike Nikovic, right now in downtown Sarasota, Florida, where they are preparing for Hurricane Ian as the steady ascent towards southwest Florida continues. And, uh, Michael, I, you know, the uh, big Sunday night football game coming up uh, is scheduled for Tampa. Kansas mm-hmm. City and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady, one of the most highly anticipated matchups of the season. Have they said anything down there about uh, uh, you know moving the game, or, or uh, has it been discussed at all? They moved the practice. Yeah, practices down to Miami where the Dolphins play. Um, but no, I think that's just wide open for you know. I'm sure there's a lot of decisions they can come to, right? And I think it'll all depend on just how much damage is to the area. Now, the field itself is not terribly close to um, the water. So I guess it depends on how much damage it sustains and, you know, infrastructure and, you know, people being able to get to to the place. So um, it's not that far from the airport, Tampa International. So I don't know. I, I haven't heard. that All they just talked about practice they just said that they, they won't make any decision regarding the game until after in probably the next 48 hours well and we'll have to see what what transpires there there was wild speculation on uh, boston sports talk radio yesterday and you know how there can be wild speculation on sports talk radio i remember that the the nfl the nfl should move sunday night's game from Tampa to Foxborough to Gillette Stadium. My goodness, that would be something. Uh, that'd be that'd be creative. Huh? Yeah, 
Because, I mean, the, the obvious move, if they're going to move it, would be, you know, to move it to Kansas City. But that would, you know, give Kansas City an extra home game and uh, and that sort of thing. And, be uh, you know, they would they would be the home team then instead of, of Tampa Bay. Uh, so a little bit unfair to the Buccaneers. Uh, but if they played it at a neutral site like Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. How is uh, that neutral? Brady being, you know, a longtime Patriot. I mean, that, can you, that, that would... Can you imagine that the place would go wild? I mean, they could sell that out in in an hour. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As opposed to putting it somewhere else where the people don't really care too much about the results. Um, yeah. But but, I, but uh, you know, it's funny when Brady uh, did appear in, in Foxborough uh, for the first time as as a Buccaneer. Uh, you, you know, it, it, they 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 cheered him when when he came out on the field. But then, uh, you know, during the game, it was sort of mixed reaction, boos and cheers, uh-huh. because fans really didn't know what to do. I mean, they, you know, Brady meant so much to the franchise, six Super Bowls, and, and yet, uh, you know, most of the people in the stands wanted to see the Patriots win the game. Uh, so it was kind of mixed emotions. But here, if that were ever to happen, you know that the, oh the 65, 70,000 people in the stadium would be pulling for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That's a serious alternative, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't know how serious it is. This is Boston <laughs> Sports Talk Radio, so you know, have to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, but that was that was speculated upon, yeah. Uh, wow. Because it, it appears, it would appear from everything we hear and read that that game probably is going to have to be moved somewhere. You, you would have to think. Uh, I would think especially... Yeah. If it does, if the hurricane does veer off to the right sooner, then it, then it's probably going to take its time kind of leaving. So um, it was supposed to, I think, originally hit the panhandle, uh, the remnants of it, around Saturday. So, I mean, you're not really giving much time. Uh, yeah, I mean, even, even Miami right now is getting some good rain, good waves. I mean, the whole state of Florida is going to get impacted by this. Yeah. Uh, some way, either with you know the bands of rain that are veering off from the storm itself. But I tell you, I'm looking at the Weather Channel now, and that hurricane's got a serious eye to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, it, it's you know something that hasn't happened really uh, at a big hurricane like this in Tampa since 1921 is what I'm what I'm seeing right yeah. now. Yeah, it was over a hundred years last time I, I looked. Uh, it if if you look at the map, I mean. Uh, there's there's a, like an entrance. It's like a gate that's wide open for you know if a hurricane travels through that, it's driving water right in. You know, just because of the turn of the hurricane, it's driving water in, and then as it goes out, it's, it's and plus with rainfall coming down, as you're pushing water in from the Gulf, and then you got the rain falling. Where's the rain going to go? Uh, and, but the one good thing, one good thing is the the Tampa Bay Rays will not be impacted because their regular season schedule uh, at uh, Tropicana Field has come to an end. I know. Yeah, yeah. So. I was there last week for two games against the Astros. That were uh, there were more flies in the stadium than I think than I think people. I mean, I think those eight eight thousand to nine thousand people both games against the, the Astros, which is a pretty good team. So, I don't know. It's, it's kind of sad, but uh, hopefully the stadium will just uh, but, won't be impacted. 
But I, too. but I know I know you had wonderful seats to a couple of those ball games against the Astros, yeah. and uh, you were you know you you were getting on uh, Jose Altuve pretty good. Oh my and, goodness! And, Everybody, there were a bunch of people in the stands calling him cheater, cheater, cheater. Yeah, <laughs> not not cheater, folks, cheater. Yeah, cheater. <laughs> Beginning with C A G A. But he, you know, it, there was all lot of those Astros fans there, so he didn't seem to be too bothered by it. And especially they, I think they outscored Tampa in the three games. Was it five nothing, five nothing, five two, or something like that? It was kind of a blowout series. Tampa didn't look really good. They don't. Their offense wasn't really all that. But but you were there with uh, with the best seat in the house and uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, jeering jeering uh, Jose Altuve, the cheater. Uh, yeah. Throughout the time uh, you were there, so you know people wonder. They they often ask me when we get into a discussion about uh, uh, baseball, and you know you see all those empty seats at, at Tropicana Field. What what is the the issue? I mean, wh- why is the attendance for a very good team, and and has been for a number of years now? How why is the attendance so sparse? Well, I think. The, the primary reason is that, I mean, it's not that far from Tampa, but with the traffic situation and the population increase in that area in recent years, it's kind of a bear to get from Tampa through, I mean, not a lot of highways over there, as you would think, in a major metropolitan area, but it's just kind of tough to get to. It's, it's, it's not easy, and so there's... What they're not doing is they're not attracting that many people from the Tampa area. That's why when they uh, they had, a, I guess, a referendum a few years ago to put it in Ybor City, which is kind of like a very close suburb of downtown Tampa. They were going to have an open-air stadium there, but I guess the voters didn't want to help fund it. And so they're they're playing in you know, St. Pete, and it's I guess it's just too far away, Canada. Yeah, game start. The two games I went to started at six forty. So you know, think just think of rush hour traffic. How long that lasts? And do you want to get into your car? And and there are a lot of people that don't like the stadium. I, I don't. I, it's not a big deal to me. I like base watching baseball games, and I, I don't care what kind of stadium it is. I think the only one I might not go to is Oakland. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like a very attractive <laughs> place to go to. But Tampa's not that bad. The, the people inside are very nice, and uh, it's protected from the weather, which I think you need in Tampa because they're, yeah. I think, it's one of the lightning capitals of the world. Like, the, the, the two games that I went to are rain both times, and I can only imagine like how the games would be interrupted if they didn't have a uh, you know covered roof. But uh, I think it's a lot of the traffic. They're not drawing from, like, the younger population over in Tampa. People just don't want to travel all the way up to, to St. Pete. So do you think ultimately there, there will be a new stadium built in the area, which would be uh, easier to get to? Well, they were talking about possibly building one in right near uh, Tropicana Field. They have a new mayor, I guess, and... Um, uh, there's not a lot to talk about, to be honest. Mm. How's the parking? The parking's fine. Yeah. There's, yeah. Plenty, there's plenty of parking. Of course, when you have 8,000, 9,000 people yeah. going to <laughs> it's, <of> <laughs> it's not an issue. Not an issue. Yeah, there's some, there's some nice restaurants across the street, you know, that, that definitely cater to a sports crowd. Right. And uh, it's, I, 
you know, I'm not really picky. I mean, I'm not looking for luxurious spots to go have. I'm just looking for, you know, beer. Or yeah. Like uh, hamburger fries. So I can go over to the park where I don't have to spend 15 bucks for a beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike Nakovic, I, I appreciate your, your great insight into uh, what's taking place uh, in the area. And uh, and also with the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, their attendance issues, so thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it and uh, stay safe. All right, thank you, Ken. Appreciate All right, it. thank you, Mike Nikovic, live from downtown Sarasota, which is uh, pretty much in the eye, uh, or will be shortly, of uh, Hurricane Ian, threatening to bring five to eight feet of storm surge uh, to that area. Wednesday, perhaps through Friday, they're saying right now. That'll do it for Kale & Company Live for Tuesday. Join us tomorrow right after 8 o'clock for more. Have a good Tuesday, everyone. <laughs>